I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, welcome into the Dublin to Denver podcast on the Mile High Report podcast network. Uh, well, we're finally there. It's like whenever Pope John Paul was uh, replaced by Pope Benedict, the, the white smoke has come up from the Vatican. Uh, great metaphoric use there, Michael. Michael McQuaid, Colin Cronus, Stuart Roach, delighted. Uh, lads, great to, great to chat to you as always. Um, I'm not going to lie, like Colin, I put a tweet out yesterday and I, I meant it. I was... I was like, what are we going to talk about? <laughs> Literally, I was like, I am not coming on here till we get a coach. And I, I genuinely think I jinxed it for this team because let's be clear here, at 6.30 Ireland time last night, I don't think any of us thought that Sean Payton was going to be announced that evening. And it still hasn't officially been announced yet, but when it's been announced by Shefty, Palacero, yada, 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 you expect it to be like, this is it, it's done. Um, well, I think sir, they, they kind of let it slip uh, during the day. Uh, there had been a tweet that had to had to be deleted. I can only imagine the panicked phone call that uh, was made to uh, to get that uh, tweet uh, deleted. But uh, you know, and we will obviously get into to Sean Payton, Michael. But in terms of what we would have talked about, well, what the process? I mean, the process is unlike anything I think we have ever seen. And is that you know? 
lot of talk today that there, there were no leaks from ownership, so people were filling the void themselves. But I don't think I have ever seen the two national superstar insiders with millions and millions of followers on Twitter ever so divided in terms of, you saw yesterday Rap saying they went back to Domeco. You saw Schefter saying they didn't go near Domeco again. So it, it was interesting. And, and obviously we've seen um, that kind of play out over the last week or so in terms of the, the media mutterings that you have seen about various different things. So it has been a, a process un, unlike any other. And whether we will ever truly know who was the the number one choice, the number two choice, the number three choice, and, and where various people sat, uh, I I don't know, uh, but it it is interesting, and we we have a, a head coach who ultimately. Um, you know, it's somebody with experience and vastly different to the last three hires. I had kind of nailed my my colours to the mask very much so over the past few weeks in terms of I I would have gone down uh, the Demeco Ryan's route. I think Sean Payton makes a lot of sense for where the Broncos are at. Though uh, I, I still think uh, the Texans have got a good one in Ryan's, but um, yeah, we we have plenty to to discuss, and certainly an awful lot more now, given uh, you know we have uh, the appointment and uh, to see what kind of staff he puts together. Stuart, obviously uh, beyond the new Falcha, welcome into the podcast. Uh, great to actually have a conversation where something's happened. Let, let's be honest, I, I have. I've loved chatting the last two weeks to you boys, but like it's good to actually get a bit of closure now so we can move on. And more importantly, Stuart, for a franchise to get into February and use these next, what, six months effectively. They've got in Sean Payton. And quite frankly, it reminds me of when Steve Staunton got the Ireland job. The book stops now. It stops now. There is no more excuses for this franchise. Sean Payton has won the Super Bowl. He is being the head coach of the, of the New Orleans Saints for a drastic amount of time. Granted, there were numerous situations where he should have made the Super Bowl and he didn't or took Drew Brees further. But he is a guy that has been in the franchise and embedded himself into a franchise for a prolonged period of time. I'm going to ask you the question that I don't want to be... Look, and I'm not being negative to anyone listening to this. I'm, I'm delighted we've made a choice. But it feels like the season of Love Island has ended, Stuart. And he's had his appearances on Fox and Colin Coward. And he's had his you know, his crack and his podcasts, the work starts now. My question to you is this, what is the expectation here? Is the expectation a wildcard spot next season? Is the expectation to try and fix Russell Wilson and see what happens? What exactly do the Walton Penner family with a billion dollar or whatever the hell money they have, the sort of investment in this company or in this team expect next year? Because surely now the buck stops. They've got, they've got Peyton. They haven't got a first time head coach and they should be going for the West and trying to win the Super Bowl. So quite a lot to unpack there, Michael. I think it's probably the only time I've ever heard Steve Staunton and Love Island mentioned in the same um, sort of sort of uh, group of sentences. And that's one for us all to mull over for a while, that image of Steve on the island. I think, it, answering your question, Michael, I think that you would hope that, I, I, I think it's fixing Russell Wilson would uh, then hopefully lead to the playoffs, um, as we've discussed, you know, uh, quite a few times on the podcast. 
our division, or, yeah, the AFC West is, is loaded and there's a very strong possibility that the uh, Raiders are going to go out and trade for a quarterback or try and grab a free agent someone on the line so they could get stronger as well. But you'd have to think with it. You've you got to look at Sean Payton's record. Um, now, a lot of it was intertwined with Drew Brees and we did, you know, we, we've mentioned before that they, they I, I felt that the Saints deserved one more Super Bowl. I felt that they they left one behind them. I guess in the sense that you would have, if you asked Indianapolis Colts fans how they felt about uh, Peyton Manning's time with the Colts, they probably would have said that they 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 felt that they left a Super Bowl behind them as well, and that they ironically probably should have beaten the Saints in that Super Bowl. But I think you know you look back at the guys' track record, Michael, and and if they didn't make the playoffs, it was a huge surprise. You'd kind of wonder it was there, you know a significant injury to Drew Brees or something. So, like year in year out, Peyton had them competitive. He had them amongst the top units in the NFL in offense. I think there was something today that they were in they were in the top ten or the top five uh, of offensive units for nine out of Peyton's fifteen years in the Saints, and that, that's an incredible uh, offensive output. So at the bare minimum, you would expect that the offense will will improve uh, significantly because let's be honest, it couldn't disimprove because you know if it disimproved, it would be in the USFL. Um, so I think you know with all due respect to the USFL, which I'm really looking forward to seeing actually. Um, but I, I think yeah, the expectation has to be to challenge. I think the expectation, Michael, next year has should be the ones that we had this year going into the season, which was to be in with the legitimate shot of the playoffs going into week seventeen. Um, that was the that's what we expected to happen, and uh, then obviously we you know Hackett was a was 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 an unfortunate hire, and I don't think anybody could have seen it going as badly as it did. Um, but yeah, I, I think for me, I would expect now, like Sean Payton has a sort of a gregarious personality and he's also kind of laid back, but Sean Payton is not a fool and you do get the sense that there's an adult in the room. Like one of the, 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 uh, the sort of the last two weeks of Jerry Roseberg's tenure um, in, the, in the caretaker capacity, one of the refreshing things about that was it felt like that there was an adult back in the room and, um, and it very much appears now that an adult is back in the room with Sean Payton. Um, he's won a Super Bowl. As we said, he took them deep playoff runs on numerous occasions. Um, and he's a damn good head coach. So I think you're now into, you know, just to, to mention, we were asked by one of, the, one of our, our listeners on Twitter today. And I think it's a good sort of lead into the next question, Michael, was how do we feel about the draft capital that was given up? And I think that is that is interesting. And I think it's an important part of it. Um, and, you know, I think it's something that we should discuss, but I, I think the expectation has to be a wild card. I don't think we're going to beat the Chiefs. Um, we can touch on that later on. I don't think we're going to beat the Chiefs for the AFC West title anytime soon. And even if we had a legitimate shot of beating the Chiefs for the AFC West title, I think the Zebras would stop us from doing it because there seems to be some kind of uh, desire every year for the Chiefs to be in the Super Bowl, which is as repellent as it gets for the Broncos fans. Um, but I think playoffs, um, or at the minimum, to be in with the fighters' chance of the playoffs going into the last week or two of the season. That, that has to be the minimum. Um, Peyton, we came at it a roundabout way, Michael, but Peyton, if you are a penner and if you are a part of that group who don't have a huge amount of experience in the NFL, I think Peyton would probably be, along with Jim Harbaugh, what they would have regarded as the biggest fish 
um, in the market this year. So it took a while, uh, depending on who you listen to. <laughs> it was very sort of fortuitous or it was part of a plan, but we got there in the end. So I would imagine that they're expecting results on soon. Yeah, apologies, Stuart, for the Love Island and Steve Stott and stuff. It's just, I, I've been sitting all day thinking about this, waiting for this podcast, because like, like at least we can have a conversation where it's like Broncos related that we're not talking about the rest of the league. And this is what I love about this. Colin, I have to say, I, I fully agree with Stuart. Like, I think, you know, we, we've seen in recent years where you bring in Vance Joseph and that whole philosophy from day, you, know, you remember day one, you think of how lauded Vic Fangio was the first day. Hell, I've got a DNBR Godfather t-shirt with Vic Fangio on it upstairs somewhere. Do you know what I mean? And um, <laughs> I've, I've also got... You know, like you think oh, of the final hackers. I got it for five dollars on the set. I, oh, I think yeah. I like I, I got a t-shirt. I got like the the Von Miller goat one or something, and it was like five. I was like, oh, I'll just get it for the crack. Okay. And um, yeah, I, I don't think I've ever worn it, but um, you know, you, you sort of think column about the uh, about the final hackett, and now yeah, we've got a guy that is there, and he he's been there. He's he's walked to walk, and he's talking talking. I think Stewart's hit the nail on the head for me, and and I agree with him. I don't think we should buy into our laurels for, from, the, from the last few years where we're like, oh my God, this guy's in here now. And then Broncos Twitter goes into a whole situation where it's like, we're going to win the Super Bowl or we're going to go to the AFC Championship game. We're in a division with Justin Herbert who will, if ever, improve next year. The Raiders will get a quarterback regardless if it's going to be Tom Brady or not now after today. And the Broncos have to put up with Patrick Mahomes who could be a two-time 27-year-old Super Bowl champion by the next time that we all talk together whether we like that or not they're a good team and it, it's annoying so surely that is the ceiling the ceiling is go into the final week and be in with a shout for the playoffs if that's winning the AFC West that means that you know us and neutrals have had, have, had, have had one hell of a season but surely that's the expectation yeah we shouldn't be getting ahead of ourselves here yeah, we we definitely shouldn't be getting ahead of ourselves in terms of the because that's where we have been uh, over the the past kind of uh, every every single appointment, be it uh, head coach, uh, be it GM, or be it Russell Wilson, has been lauded as the missing piece essentially, and the Broncos were going to uh, make the the Super Bowl or they were going to do this, and I think it's time to, um, you know temper expectations in that respect but I think equally there, there's this weird thing that happens where somebody comes in there are all these expectations but when it hasn't happened there has been no accountability uh, there have been only excuses and I think that is what I would like to, to see change more than anything and I think for next year what you are looking at essentially is probably more pressure on Russell Wilson than on Sean Payton initially, because, um, you know, in terms of the, the buck stopping, as you were saying, this is, this is a huge year for, for Russell Wilson, because the talk last year was around one down year and it was all down to hack it. And, I don't know if that's the case. I mean, if you if you look back, it's not ju- just a, a blip. Um, there has been a decline. And now he has an offensive-minded head coach. He has a head coach who has worked with an aging QB and had success with an aging QB. 
Um, so the the excuses are, are going to be gone for Russ. So really, it it's enormous pressure, I think, on, on Russell Wilson and seeing what Russell Wilson can do. And I think that will dictate, um, and, and Stuart uh, mentioned this already, that's going to dictate everything else. Because if, if Russ is... You know, and I don't think he can be as bad. But the question is, can Russ go from essentially being in the bottom tier to the top tier? If Russ is only a middle tier QB, that's a huge issue given what you're paying him because you're paying him to be a top tier QB and that's where you need to, to get to. I mean, we are going in, you know, and we, we're coming off the back of, of championship games. We've talked about this a little bit about teams be, having the flexibility to pay those around them because they're not paying their QBs massive money. And the thing that we have to recognize the chiefs, did a great deal with Patrick Mahomes and Patrick Mahomes' willingness to take that deal, a 10-year deal. I mean, it's, it's massive money, but it wasn't top of the market. And he also signed for 10 years. Um, the the talk, and, and we'll see, is the next group of QBs might only sign for two or three years because they want to maximize their value. Whereas Patrick Mahomes may have done a Tom Brady-like move and taken a, a team-friendly deal, which uh, obviously will impact on the AFC West for, for a long time. But I, I do agree with George's point. You now have an adult in the room. Uh, you have somebody who uh, shouldn't be an embarrassment in front of the media, somebody who commands respect uh, because of, of what he has achieved. And I, I'm interested. I, I go into this uh, not with any great expectations nor with any great hesitations. Uh, so I am, I'm really interested to see how this is going to play out. And that's that's the big question, isn't it? Sure, can Sean Payton fix Russell Wilson? And it almost seems like we're heading into a bookies and putting the bet on because we don't know the answer to that question, and we're not going to know the answer to that question. But let me be negative and give you this sort of hypothetical situation. It's the first week of the season. All right, okay, you know what? I'll be I'll be prudent. It's week four of the NFL season. The Broncos are at home to the Chiefs. They're one and two. Sean Payton has got Russell Wilson the quarterback, and Wilson has shown zero signs of improvement. What do you do? Well, it depends on who the backup is, Michael. Um, Taysom Hill. <laughs> Imagine. Don't even start me there. Imagine if they find a way to bring him in. I- I'm intrigued well, I- I sure, think, to see who the backup I mean, is going to be, man. Yeah, one of the things, Michael, I think is important is, um, you know, even at this level, like, you couldn't have had a more different quarterback Um to Russell Wilson than Brett Rippon as your backup, you know. So even even on that sort of level, you know that that's desperately poor planning. Uh, Johnson is a terrible quarterback, unfortunately. And even before he got injured in the NFC Championship game, you saw that he, he's a journeyman for a reason. So you need to potentially upgrade there. Um, but then again, you know what? What like, look? You just you, you saw the 49ers down to their fourth string QB by the, you know, very early on in that game. I guess you just sometimes look as against you. Um, but I don't know, Michael. I think, like as we've said, and, and Colin had the, the, the contract broken down very well a couple of weeks ago, you, you kind of have to ride with Russell Wilson next year um, regardless. Um, and I think, you know, you kind of have to see it through to the end of, of next season and then 
you may be in a position to have very awkward and very expensive conversations. Um, but the, the the best option, and I think that's clearly one of the main reasons why they chose Sean Payton, the best option available at the moment is to fix Russell Wilson or to at least bring him back up to some kind of respectability. And I think Colin's point is, is interesting. Um, he was brilliant in his final season with the, with the Seahawks until he got injured. And when he came back from injury, um, he, he didn't perform as well. And then you're into all of his first season with the Broncos. If next season he struggles again, then unfortunately it's no longer a blip. Given his age, given the kind of quarterback he is, you begin to realise that this is it now for Russell Wilson. If, if, he, if he's close to last year's form, which was pretty poor, let's be honest. Um, so then you're into all sorts of, of issues. And I think, you know, you only need to look at the Saints to see what happened to them after Drew Brees retired, where they, they had Taysom Hill and they had um, Jameis Winston. And even last year, they had Andy Dalton. They, they're, they're, they're kind of going through the same QB hell of purgatory as, well, it can't be hell or, it has to be hell or purgatory. They went through the same QB purgatory. And that we've gone through until we we traded for Russell Wilson, which was the right move to make at the time. It was more the ridiculous contract we gave him before he'd even thrown a ball that was the big issue here. Um, you know, so I think there's an awful lot to to sort of to, to to sort of to think about, Michael. And I think, you know, for me, it's 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 a question of like I, I know that Russell Wilson is going to be our quarterback next year unless there's a serious injury. And I think you just kind of you have to accept that, and you kind of have to hope that Peyton is the one to 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 fix him. And I think if you look at a person like Peyton, whose record speaks for itself, if he can't fix Russell Wilson, then you're kind of you know you, you you have to realize that that's the end of the line, you know. Um, and then you're into very very difficult, as I said, very difficult conversations, very financially um, crippling. Uh, conversations for the franchise, but they're they're conversations that would need to be had. But I'm I'm more hopeful that I think I'm not getting fooled by the last two weeks of the season. There, you know, there was a a Chargers team that were played like they knew they were already in the playoffs and are wondering why so many of their starters are playing. And then it was uh, it was the Raiders. I think it was the last game, wasn't it? Um, you know, so that, that that he did well, but we'll we'll see. You know, we'll see how he does when the when the when when, when the, the the live ammo was firing again at the first few weeks of the season next year. You know, um, but I would be more hopeful. I think Sean Payton can help. He'll certainly do a better job at hacks. Yeah, Carl. Obviously, Sean Payton wins the Super Bowl with Drew Brees. Drew Brees wins the MVP in the Super Bowl that year. It was two thousand nine. Uh, first game I watched in the NFL. There you go. Worst okay. crap start of the day. If anybody okay. feels feels old, uh, James Winston five and two with him. Taysom Hill seven and two. Teddy Bridgewater five and one. He's he's turned around situations. I guess Colin, the, the hope is now we just find an elite group or a elite crop of talent around him. And at the moment, we have Evero as our DC. Nothing seems to suggest that that's going to change. As far as I know, please correct me if I'm wrong. Please do. Um, and then you've got Dave Logan on KOA on the. Uh, on Tuesday night, talking around the possibility of, you know, the Broncos speaking with Vic Fangio, who has been linked to the Dolphins, linked even to the point where it's like he's been announced by certain reporters last week, where it's not the case, and, and our dear friend Mike Cliss has to come out and and report that that is not the case. You've got people potentially clamoring to get Vic Fangio in San Francisco. He's a man after many jobs, or a man that's been sought after very heavily in recent days and in recent weeks. Do you buy anything into that whole thing from Dave Logan? I was surprised to see someone 
in Dave Logan's position column, you know, in a positive way, said last night that he was he was linked, especially on the day where Peyton was was announced. And it's 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 no it's no secret that Fangio was very high up on Peyton's wants for or you know and desires as well. But do you think it could be a, a situation where we could see Fangio come back in after everything? After the players, etc., it would be it would be a stunner, surely. Um, well, the the Evero stuff, it's tough to know because there have been different reports. There have been reports that uh, he, you know, he he is very loyal to Nathaniel Hackett. He wasn't particularly happy with the way things um, played out there. He fe- he feels that, um, you know, while Hackett may have been um, out out of his depth at head coach, uh, that he took all the blame and that um, the, the the players and and others uh, didn't take any of it. So I don't know. I mean. Again, those are rumors. They are um, only things that that we are seeing. There's also the fact that he is getting head coaching offers, um, so he he may he may get one of those gigs. Um, but if, if you're deciding, I suppose to to keep Evero, who is a, a very gifted uh, defensive coordinator, and how long before he gets a head coaching gig. So it depends. I mean, Schefter had the report about um, Sean Payton talking to Vic Fangio all the way back in December. If you remember that, he was talking about Payton putting um, a top-class coaching staff together. So there might there might well be something to it if Sean Payton is looking at it and he is saying, well, Vic is not, isn't going to leave, right? Vic is going to be my DC here in Denver for five years. I don't know. That's purely idle speculation. I I have no doubt that Evero would walk into a job uh, wherever he he wanted to to go. He he is clearly in demand as well, given he's getting head coaching offers. But that might be part of it that that plays into it. That Peyton is looking at it, thinking, you know, even if I keep him around for a year, I, I'm looking for a, a, a defensive coordinator in a year's time. And is Vic Fangio, if that's who Sean Payton wants, who he has a relationship with, is he available in the year? I mean, look, I, I think um, the appointment of, of Vic was always misguided. Um, I, I think, you know, as a, as, as a schemer, um, he's obviously a very, very good. Um, but we've seen, I mean, Sue Cravens hasn't been at all shy in calling him out on Twitter, calling out what he feels um, was Vic's really, really poor man management. He has hinted and others have hinted that there are current um, members of that Broncos defense who were um, pleased to see uh, Vic go. But ultimately, they're professionals. If Vic Fancio comes in, um, they're, they're going to to get on with it plus a lot of the the I suppose complaints that you see people highlight were particularly in relation to um, the the training regime and things that a head coach would set the tone on much more so than the defensive coordinator so I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Evero was to move on um, because he he will have offers and ultimately um, I could see Sean Payton. But that is not a knock on Evero's talent. Uh, I think he uh, he is an incredibly gifted um, coach and I, I hope for his sake he gets a, a wonderful opportunity to be a head coach. And it would be interesting to see. He's obviously impressed. He's been called back to second round interviews a number of times, which tells you uh, just how highly thought of he is. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. 
Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Stuart, would it be a, maybe I'm just Mr. Pessimistic or Mr. Optimistic here. Sorry. Would it be a sign of change in Denver with the ownership situation? If they were, hypothetically, to welcome back Vic Fancio, if he was available for the DC position? Because as a defensive coordinator, looking at how he has impacted different defenses in this league, surely it would make common sense if Everett wasn't there. I'd much prefer Everett to stay there, Michael, but there is this enormous inevitability about him leaving. I think when the new head coach comes in, they tend to fill out their their um, their position, you know, or their assistant coaches themselves. Um, you know, I guess if there's any way we could ever guarantee that Vic Pangi would never actually speak at a press conference would be would be a positive for me and also be prepared for him to call out Pat Sertan in his first press conference if he gets one. Um you know, saying he could improve, seeing that he's our best defender. Uh, look, Vic is a great defensive coordinator. He's a grumpy pain in the ass, let's be honest. But he he is good at what he does. For me, Evero is just as good as what he does. Um, he hasn't done it as long, but I thought our defense was actually better than fun this year than Fangio's defenses with way more injuries. Um, I prefer if Evero stayed, but I, I think Colm made a very good point. Big Fangio was never getting another head coaching job in the NFL because he was so bad at Denver. Um, so defensive coordinator is his lot. Uh, and, and a very good one, let's be honest. Um, Evero is getting plenty of head coaching looks. Um, as Colin pointed out, he's getting second round interviews, uh, you know, consistently. The chances are if he doesn't get a head coaching gig this year, he'll be back in that cycle next year. He probably will get one next year. To me, there's not a huge difference between him and Demeco Ryans. Um, so I, I think if Evero doesn't get it this this time around, as I said, he'll get one next summer. Or sorry, next uh, next off season. So um, I think probably, and, and and as you said, Michael, there was you know the the Fangio Sean Payton links were are long documented. There was no secret about them. This kind of you know this was muted you know months and months ago. So it doesn't surprise me. Um, he is very good, um, but as 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 was mentioned, there are strong rumors that a lot of the players who are still there don't like him. Um, they respect him as a defensive coordinator, but they didn't like him. Um, there was a lot of tension in that dressing room, um, and a lot of players were very happy to see the back of him. Um, so, you know, I, I've kind of inured myself to the idea that he's coming in, uh, but I would much prefer it was Evero, but I kind of understand why it's not going to be him. Um, and we're going to need that defense to be as good as it was because I don't think you can expect a Star Wars-like jump in the offense, I think it can go from horrible to respectable. I don't. I don't think it's going to go from awful to you know Cincinnati Bengals, Kansas City Chiefs, you know Bills, 
uh, in the space of you know one off season. It's just just unrealistic. So we need that defense to be remain strong. Um, and that kind of goes into you know we need a pass rush. We don't have one. Um, you know, I, I think we fixated on the offensive line correctly because it's been such a huge problem for so long. Uh, but we don't know since we traded Bradley Chubb, um, which was the right thing to do. We have no pass rush, so that's something that whoever the defensive coordinator is coming in is going to have to fix. And we don't have an awful lot to get it fixed by. And the uh, draft picks gone as well. That's what I mean. Yeah, the draft picks are gone. Um, you know, and, and and as I said, Michael, one of the you know one of our listeners did ask that about well, how do we feel about that? Because we've, I mean, there was a report today though, in fairness, that said that the Saints originally wanted two first round draft picks, so we were able to kind of talk them down from that. I think in some ways that's. That's a good thing. Um, and I guess we're kind of almost reset next year in the draft. Um, you know, we're almost back to normal. I think we don't have a second next year, but we have a first and two thirds, which is pretty good. Um, but I, I mean, I that was one of the things I wasn't hugely sure about Peyton in that we'd have to give up lots of capital. I think a first and a second next year isn't too bad. Um, considering how good a head coach he has been in the past. And also, I think you do have to look at what we've done in the first round with our draft picks over the last couple of years. Michael, Jerry Judy had an excellent campaign this year, but, you know, early on in the season, he looked like he he wasn't going to get his fifth-year option taken up because he hadn't delivered. Noah Fant has gone to the Seahawks. Uh, Bradley Chubb was a huge disappointment, and Gareth Bowles has been hit and miss. I mean, I think there are four most recent first round draft picks or Bowles might not be the most recent, but you know, they're the ones that come to mind. So, you know, you, 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 you kind of wonder was the pick 29 going to really do anything for us anyway. Um, and history would suggest it wasn't going to be a franchise changer, whereas somebody like Sean Payton hopefully is going to be a franchise changer. So I think it was, I, I, I kind of was talked around pretty quickly last night about that. I was like, yeah, you know, it is pick 29. Um, and uh, Peyton is, you know, you're better off having the head coach rather than sort of a, a 50-50 sort of roll of the dice or whatever to see what the, the, your, your draft pick's going to turn out. Like, you're not going to get a franchise right tackle at pick 29, I don't think. Um, Stuart obviously mentioning, you know, the, the jump column to certain teams like the Chiefs, the Bills, the Bengals. One thing that was alarming about the Bengals last weekend in the AFC Championship was their offensive line. Sweet Jesus, that first half, Joe Burrow with no protection whatsoever I genuinely think us, us three boys could have been in there and sorry go, go, go ahead yeah but Michael they were missing three starters on their oh offense. I know I know I'm just I'm just I'm just talking generally I mean, of course but there is one way that we can improve our offensive line very quickly and that's by rewriting the Nathaniel Hackett code and bringing back bringing back Mike Munchak Colin surely this is a home run decision to make and frankly Sean Payton should make this decision before we talk next week that has to be first thing to go on the agenda surely yeah well, he there there is talk about like he has I think he has a couple of options because um he has uh, his his uh, O line coach he's a couple a couple of guys I mean look um some we we may well see um Munchak come back in um but I do think uh, that there there are a number of probably um di- different options uh, for him to to consider um. Uh, Dan Rouser is the the other name that you you see kind of come up cons- uh, consistently uh, when it comes uh, to um, to the, the the vacancy. So he's got a choice choice there. Um, I, I think 
um, you know, uh, the the Saints have parted ways uh, with him. So he's a free agent. So that's probably the one to keep an eye on um, because he was there for a long time. He was very successful. I think in terms of the, the O-line coach, though, Michael, I mean, what you're looking at, um, you know, the... The Eagles, right? Go back and look at, at the Eagles and what the Eagles have done. So the Eagles have obviously gone through a number of uh, head coaches in uh, the uh, the last uh, while, um, but their um, their O line coach uh, Stoutland has been there for a decade. Lane Johnson has been there for a decade. Lane Johnson is. Um, you know, probably um, the the best, certainly the best right tackle, arguably the best O-line guy in the entire league because of what he brings, that leadership and also um, just his ability. Like it was, he was playing, he is playing with um, a growing um, abdominal injury. Like it, 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 he's in incredible pain. And what you saw the other the other day was Nick Bosa went early at him, right? And he bull rushed him. Um, and I think Nick Bosa thought, great, I'm going to have fun all day. That was it. Nick Bosa did not get anything else. They moved Bosa around um, to, to try to get him going, but he got nothing else against Lane Johnson. You have to invest. This is the, where the Broncos have, you know, the Broncos have, have had this whole thing about like, let's keep going back Um into you know we'll trade back but like investing um and uh, in the right spots and and getting it right you got you got to get the decisions right but you have to be able to to swing to keep taking swings again look at the eagles and howie right they absolutely made an enormous mistake on Jalen rieger but that didn't stop them going and and getting uh devonta smith so the broncos have been really shy when they've been burnt about their unwillingness to to go again you're going to miss in the draft and the the bronco the hole the broncos find themselves in um you know is going to take time to to get out of right we have seen coaches come in um, and eke out as much as they can from uh rosters and we might we might see Sean uh, Payton do that but ultimately for the broncos to be consistently uh you know good and consistently competitive it is going to to take time and you are going to have to hit on uh, a, a draft and hit really well it's unusual that you get the sort of draft that the Seahawks got this year um, but that is how kind of quickly you can turn around and I think I, I mentioned it last week and that you know we need to get out away from thinking that it's going to take ages like next year I think you you have to see what you have with Russ but look at the way and how quickly the Eagles have turned it around Right. That that shows that it is possible to do that. You know, the the fact is that since the Broncos won a Super Bowl, okay, the Eagles have won a Super Bowl, have changed head coach, have moved on from who was supposed to be their franchise uh, QB, brought in another QB, brought in uh, another head coach and are now back in the Super Bowl. So that's how quickly you can turn turn things around if you get the decisions uh, correct. But the O-line coach is one of them. But Jeff Stoutland has been there. He has gone through. They kept him in situ because he's really good at his job. And uh, that's possibly where uh, the Broncos have not been uh, so so good around doing that. And that's one. Of, that's why I think the DC thing might come in because essentially it's about continuity as well. And that's what that's what you want. And that's what the Broncos have not had uh, any of over the best part of a decade almost at this point. 
Stuart, have you anything that you'd like to add to that? I mean, I'm gonna, I was going to do a discussion about um, should we go after certain players for, to get different positions in the draft and we get some capital, but I think we could literally leave that for another podcast because I think over the next week, we're going to have movements in other positions in the management structure of the team. And I, I think it would be beneficial to talk about it more and not just have a five-minute conversation about, oh, let's trade mm-hmm. Cortland Sutton. I think there's definitely value we can get. So just have you any thoughts on what Colin said or not? I think Colin's right. I think y- you do need to invest in the offensive line. Um, one of the reasons why I think if the Eagles are given a fair crack, i.e. if you know they have a decent officiating crew, um, one of the reasons why I think the Eagles will beat the Chiefs is because of their offensive line. Um, I, I, you know, the Chiefs are not going to be going up against three backups. The Chiefs are going to be going up against three Pro Bowlers. Um, that would give me great hope that the it might be the only reason I actually watched the Super Bowl is to hopefully see the Eagles beat the Chiefs. The other thing is, I think Mike Munchak was here for a few years, and Mike Munchak did help. Um, however, he is not a magician, and he cannot um, turn water into wine so you have to give him something to work with you can't expect you know to have these free agent sort of pickups um that are that are you know no one's idea of the premium free agents in their position um and low round draft picks and expect munchak to turn them into you know um something spectacular so it's not going to happen you're better off investing you know if you have a like Bradley Chubb was was at the time it seemed like a great move to pair him with Vaughn Miller, but you know looking back you're kind of going whoever the top offensive tackle is around that spot that was the person to go for, and um, we traded back you know to get Noah Fant and an initial draft pick. I know the Steelers took the linebacker who's a decent player instead, but again you're looking at that original position we had. You go would we not have been better off to get a really good guard? You know you're, you you need to give Munchak. Or the Saints guy who, and in fairness, the Saints offensive line was was one of those ones that you would look at and you would admire from from what I, I can remember. I know Drew Brees had a fairly quick release that probably helped, but still, you know, Alvin Kamara had thousand yard rushing. It seemed year in year out behind that old line. But you have to give the guy something to work with, you know. You can't just be kind of picking up the Billy Turners of this world and kind of expecting them to 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 to, to produce magic. So whoever it is, you got to give them something to work with. I think you're right, Michael, about the the draft. I, you, you might be in a situation now where I think, and again, this will be for 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 down the line. But I would not be too surprised to hear stories about premium players being available for trade. Um, yeah. And I think you you look at, for example, the wide receiver group is one that we now have players who are still somewhat overrated by our own fans, but we do have an abundance of Richards there, especially if Tim Patrick comes back from injury successfully. Uh, Jerry Judy has 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 earned the right to that fifth year option being picked up. Um, Cortland Sutton has been a good player, but he t- didn't really play as well last year as we'd hoped. Tim Patrick has been brilliant for us, you know. So there are options there. We do have, we do have depth, so you might see something there, um, because because we have a huge amount of holes to fill, and at the moment we don't really have enough um, opportunities for 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 Sean Payton to go out and get them filled. Now his name hopefully will add a certain cachet to the Broncos. That will mean free agents who might be considering going somewhere else will go to Denver because he's proven himself. But we're, we're not the New England Patriots with Brady and Belichick, Michael, unfortunately, where you'd get a guy who could have got a, a much bigger contract somewhere else who would go there for one year to win a Super Bowl. We're not them. 
unfortunately that's sadly is the chiefs at the moment um so we we have to think a little bit more creatively um but yeah i wouldn't be surprised if we start to see some kind of trade chat fairly soon because i think we need to do something we have to try and get back into that first round somehow no doubt it'll start today after the super bowl no one our luck um so just as we round up this week, I'm presuming we're all feeling just finally relatively positive, confident. I mean, in comparison to where we were, I guess we're doing all right, aren't we? A bar a few draft picks, Colin. I'm happy enough. Yeah, I know. I think like you know, it, it it's a very it's a very sensible hire. It could go on to to be um, a very good hire, but equally, there's no guarantee with with this thing um i mean previous um performance is generally a good indicator of future success but there are so many variables in the nfl so i yeah i'm i'm, ha- I'm happy enough um we have a, a guy who's won a, a super bowl who has proven it um over a significant amount of time generally his teams performed above expectation but I, I'm I'm waiting to see. I don't think any great pronouncements. I think anyone telling you that it's guaranteed success um, is misguided. Equally, I think anyone telling you that the Broncos cannot be in any way successful because they don't have the draft capital is misguided. I think it will take a little bit of time, but I, I think the the aim is, you know, what is what is Russell Wilson now with with. Uh, somebody who is an actual head coach uh, and in terms of then eking out wins. But our schedule next year shouldn't be terrifying, right? Um, you know, uh, again, we're, we've got the, the fourth placed uh, schedule. So you're, you're looking at it and um, we, we, should be, we should be much, much more competitive given um, the, the team that we, we have and given the head coach that we have in situ now. Brilliant. Brilliant, Stuart. You happy, man? You're nodding? All yeah. good. I mean, I I feel, Stuart, that it's the best situation we could be in right now. We've got six months to we, to we play a game and we just got to take it day by day now and, and hope that we just continue to make gains when other teams are still playing football games. Yeah, I think so, Michael. I think for me, you know, I, I've said since Peyton Manning retired, it seems like we have been unable to get out of our own way when it comes to making a decision we seem to have picked the wrong one you know time and time again this to me feels like the correct decision um obviously we can't tell at this point but it seems like the right hire it seems like probably the best that we could have done given the circumstances that we find ourselves in and i'm hopeful i agree with Colm. i'm not going to make any pronouncements i would be hopeful that we will be in the hunt for the playoffs next year that and, and I think if we are relevant week 17 I think that's that's enough for me given where we find ourselves this year um, I think the fact that we lost so many games by one score clouded the, uh, the fact that we were you know we're picking five in the draft if we hadn't traded that pick to the Seahawks for a reason we're one of the worst five teams in the NFL there's there's just no way of getting past that and uh, I think it's great that Sean Payton has agreed to come to us and I think there is a bit of hope in Broncos country, albeit with a huge amount of work still to do. But I, I, I think we, we have a shot next year of, of at least being competent and more importantly, playing some exciting football on offense, Michael, because I think it's been a long time since we've been able to say that. I think we've been lucky in that the defense has been so good for so long. 
Um, but the offense has been atrocious. But I, I feel like Sean Payton's offenses have always been good to watch. So I, I think we get to have a little bit of excitement back in, in Denver, which is good. Absolutely, mate. It's great to. I'm, I'm really excited for the next few weeks, next few months, and hopefully talk a bit of Broncos football. Um, myself and Colin are in Arizona next week for some game where Patrick Mahomes is going to lose to the Eagles <laughs> next Sunday. Uh, so I don't know what the crack is with a podcast next week. I'm sure. I'm sure we we'll get something done. Um, whether that's me and Colin in person, or maybe all three of us in Zoom, or just time permitting, uh, we'll we'll definitely have something out next week. And um, you know, feeling that we'll definitely get people Super Bowl picks. But I'm wondering, I'm, I I think we all have an idea of who we're going to pick here on this podcast anyway. So uh, yeah, um, you can follow me on Twitter at Michael underscore NFL. Colin, you can follow him at Colin from Cork, and you can call him. You can you can call him. You can follow Stuart at Purple Heart TC. Um, See you lads next week. Uh, sure see you soon as well. And, and folks, um, thanks again for listening to the podcast. I've seen the chart in Ireland again last week uh, in the top 50. So means a lot. Thanks a million. Go Broncos and uh, up the Peyton. See you soon. Go Broncos. Go Broncos. Go Broncos and go Eagles. Fly, Eagles, oh, fly. Fly, Eagles, fly. Fly, Eagles, fly. Please, God, fly. <laughs> Cheers, lads.